the Mike Lupica Podcast. We are back now with the great Mike Lupica. He's one of the country's Mike most Lupica prominent Mike Lupica has covered just about every sport. Candid interviews with legends he calls friends. I was talking to Jordan about Woods after the basketball game mm-hmm. the other night. Everybody wants everybody in sports to be the next this guy, the next this guy. And Michael said, no, he's the first Tiger. In your face questions. How much of a dope is he? Compelling. A billion dollar industry, the biggest we've ever had in sports in this country, often comes down to a flip of the coin. This is the Mike Lupica Podcast. Here's Mike Lupica. Hello and thanks for joining us on another episode of the Mike Lupica Podcast. Today we'll be joined by a friend who knows the NBA like literally like the back of his hand both hands you see him on espn you hear him on his show on sirius xm radio and you can now read him in the athletic he is the great frank isola but before we get started with frank i want to tell you about our good friends my good friends at peter manning clothing are you tired of wearing clothes that don't fit right never finding your size or spending too much time and money at the tailor We have to check out my friends at Peter Manning. They've developed a fresh line of apparel specifically designed for not so tall guys. You can check them out at www.petermanningnyc.com or visit their store in New York City as I have at 933 Broadway. You'll feel good and look great wearing proper fitting clothes. It's changed thousands of lives and it'll change yours too. No more baggy pants, no more pirate arms, and no more tailor tacks. Again, you can visit them online at www.petermanningnyc.com or in Manhattan at 933 Broadway. I can't tell you how much Peter Manning clothing I have, my sons have. Also, if my listeners use code Lupica, you'll get 20% off your order. Again, that's code Lupica for 20% off your order. Check them out today and discover a great fit. Welcome back to the Mike Lupica podcast. And we are joined by one of my favorite people in the history of the newspaper business, a guy I was lucky to work with for over two decades at the New York Daily News. Frank Isola is now um, with The Athletic. He still appears on Around the Horn. You know, I, you know, he became a television star because I got him on the sports reporters. But does he ever call me on my birthday? No, he does not. And um, <laughs> he does a very popular Sirius XM radio show every single day. And he joins me today. Hey, Frankie. Hey, Mike. How are you? The legend himself. Mike Luke, how are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 Frankie, I Frankie and I were just talking before we started, and, and I told him I am loving, loving an NBA season, Frank, that you know this. I didn't used to pay attention to until all the games on Christmas Day, and there have been like eight unbelievable storylines, and maybe more than that, but we got to start with the big one. Did, did you ever think that there was anything that could happen externally or internally that could send the Golden State Warriors off the rails? You know, it's funny. I was out there in October, and I was talking to Ron Adams, the assistant coach, you know, one of the best assistant coaches in the league, and he had said, our guys look great. Everyone's happy. Steve Kerr said the same thing. You know, this year it just seems like a lot of the pressure is off. And for a while there, things were going great for them. And then Steph Curry hurts his groin, and then you have the situation happen in L.A. with Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green, and then, of course, the whole specter of what is uh, Kevin Durant going to do after the season. I really do think it's true. I think when they're healthy, I think it's probably the only team, they're the only team that can beat themselves at this point. But it does make it fascinating. Because I know you look at the standings every day, and you see the Clippers up there. Doc Rivers has done a great job. Look at the Denver Nuggets with uh, Michael Malone. Finally, the West looks more wide open than it's ever been. 
We're talking to Frank Isola on the Mike Lupica podcast. Frankie, let's. I've got so many questions about the Warriors, and I'm just going to take them in, in the order that you just referenced stuff. Okay. How concerned are you that, that Steph, as great and breathtaking a talent as he is, becomes in, increasingly fragile? And Frankie, it's never the same thing. No, you're 100% right. And it's been, you know, the, the ankle injuries when he first came into the league. You know, last year it was a knee. Remember, he only appeared in 51 games last year. You already right. saw Steph Curry. Then he had the very good playoff. And if he has a better game three against Cleveland, he would have been the finals MVP. But you're right. He always seems to have these leg injuries. And he's not a young guy. That's the one thing about Steph Curry. You know, he looks young, but he's been in the league for a long time. He has a lot of miles on his legs. I, I kind of agree with you. That would concern me. But that's why they have the luxury in the past of kind of resting them and, and kind of navigating – their way through the season, but look at what's happened to them. You know, for them to win, you know, they won two games last week at Sacramento. Oh, I should say home against Sacramento, home against Orlando, where they needed Kevin Durant to score 44 and then 49 points. Right. The most right. points he's ever scored in consecutive games, and they needed that in order to beat Sacramento and Orlando. Frank, when you look back at the Draymond Durant thing, okay, and obviously, you know, we know that that Draymond is a talented. Jeff Van Gundy and I were talking. There's so much Anthony Mason to Draymond Green. Yeah. He's like he's like Anthony Mason 2.0 because of his skill set. So he's a career chucklehead, but he plays with passion. He obviously loves his team. Frankie, let's start here. How much is this him saying to himself, "Wait a minute, Durant, we were winning before you, and we'll win after you, and 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 stop." looking towards the door when we're trying to win another championship? I think it's a little bit of that. I think a little bit of it has to do with money as well. I think, you know, Kevin Durant you know, has a chance to make over $200 million from the Golden State Warriors, and I think there's part of Draymond Green that's wondering how much will be left for me. So I think all that stuff factors in, and the fact that Draymond likes to run his mouth. From everything that I heard, they all said that he was in the wrong with the way that he... That's the way out. I read it from the outside, but I figured you had better sources than no, I did. No, that's, no that's, that's how they all felt. But to be fair, Mike, when Kevin Durant was asked about it, he had a chance to kind of uh, you know, make the whole thing go away. And when he was asked about, have you spoken to Draymond? Is everything all right? And he said, no. Now, I will tell you this. I watched their game, I think it was either Sunday night or Monday night when they played uh, Orlando, which has, by the way, done a very good job. And every time Durant made a big shot late in that game, the first guy off the bench, because Draymond Green wasn't available that day because he had a foot injury, the first guy off the bench to greet Kevin Durant every time Orlando called timeout was Draymond Green. So at least they're putting on a public face that everything's okay. Do you think that, that there are going to be lingering bad feelings about this that could rear their head later in the season? Because obviously it's not going to be a cakewalk this year in that meat grinder of a conference. I was thinking if this had happened to them in April in the first round of a playoff series, then, then it might be a bigger deal. Right. The fact that the season is so long, and you know this, Mike, these guys see each other just about every day. <laughs> right. Even on days that they don't technically have practice, guys will show up and get treatment. They're on the bus together. They're on a plane together. They're in the hotel together, constantly in the locker room. So, you know, it's not like being on a football team where maybe an offensive guy and a defensive guy don't get along or baseball where the rosters are so big. These guys are always seeing each other every day, and I think you almost have to work your way through because there's no way they're going to trade Kevin Durant. That's, that's for sure. So I, if, if something like this had happened in April or May, 
I'd be more concerned about it than I am with it happening in November where you have a whole season in front of you. Well, well about Durant, and, you know, I, we, we, we're very cynical about the Knicks. I laugh all the time about how they're finally doing it the right way. Well, that's what we heard when, when Phil came to town, and that's what we heard when Donnie that's Walsh right. and Mike D'Antoni came to town. This is their third rebuild in a decade. So that that tells you everything. Do you honestly believe, because you seem to believe that there is a chance that Kevin Durant actually might go to the Knicks? Well, that, when you talk to people around the NBA last season, they all thought that LeBron James was going to go to the Lakers and that Paul George was going to follow him there. And that's, you know, talking to players and executives and, you know, agents. They all thought that. So they ended up being one for two. They were right about LeBron. They weren't right about Paul George. You talk to a lot of people around the league, they think it's three teams. They think it's State and Golden State, Clippers, or Knicks. And, they, and a lot of people also think that Kevin Durant's one of these guys. Like, every day, his mood and his feelings kind of change about something. Now, his agent, Rich Kleiman, who grew up in Knicks fan, is a, you know, would love to, he once sent out a tweet, I want to run the Knicks one day. So a lot of people think, could there be some kind of connection there? But I've also heard, Mike, that he's been spending a lot of time, Rich Kleiman, the agent, has spent a lot of time with Steve Ballmer, the owner of the Clippers. I would say right now, if you're trying to impress Kevin Durant, I think that from a basketball standpoint, I think the Clippers are doing a better job just because they're in first place. And also, they have enough money, believe it or not, to get two guys. So the Clippers, you know, you know, best case uh, plan right now is to get both Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant. They actually have the flexibility to do that. Frankie, we were talking about this the other day, and, and I... I really believe that because of we've all been so swept away by what the Warriors have done that and there was this narrative that the the Clippers moment had come and gone. People forgot something and they forgot what a damn good basketball coach Glenn Rivers is. Oh, he he has done an outstanding job. And the key, too, for them in the last season, they had a, a down year. But a lot of that had to do with injury. Our guy, Danilo Gallinari, couldn't stay healthy. Now that you have Gallinari healthy, Tobias Harris perhaps the most sort of, you know, one of the top five most underrated players in the NBA. He's played well. The kid they got out of Kentucky, Shea Gildas Alexander, has been very good. Patrick Beverly's a tough guy. They have done really well. And this is an important year for them because, A, you got LeBron in L.A., so you're always going to uh, be the second team, so to speak, in L.A. But everyone thinks that if Kawhi Leonard were to leave Toronto, he wants to go to the Clippers. That's where he wants to be. It's not with LeBron in L.A., and what's going on in the front office? You have Lawrence Frank, who you know very well, who's yep. a smart guy. And they have Jerry West behind the scenes as well. So they have a, and Steve Ballmer is an owner that's willing to spend. But Doc, Doc's done the most important thing because as opposed to being a team that at this point has, you know, six or seven wins, they're sitting on top of the Western Conference in a year that LeBron James is playing in LA, but not for the team that's in first place. All right, let's start with everybody's favorite uh, reality series, the Los Angeles Lakers. It looked to be a, 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 a spit show at the start of the year. They're slowly starting to figure it out. Nobody thinks they're going to contend for a championship this year. But, Frankie, can you see his impact on the team and his ability to be the best team player I've ever seen beginning to take hold there? Yeah, I, I, I can see it. And you know where you can see it as well? When you watch the Cleveland Cavaliers play. <laughs> I understand that the Cavs don't have Kevin Love, but now you really appreciate LeBron's greatness. I almost feel 
you know, I voted for James Harden, and James Harden had a great year last year as MVP. I almost feel like we should do the a revote and give it to LeBron, considering what's happened to the Cavs and what he's done to that Lakers team. Now, they had two games recently. They played Orlando, and late in the game, and look, we've seen Michael Jordan do it. We've seen LeBron do it a lot of times, where he draws the double team, he finds the open man. And the case on uh, against the Orlando Magic was Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who missed two wide-open threes late in the game that were huge. So they end up losing that game. And then if you look at the loss that they had to Denver, where Denver blew them out, they go 5-35 for 35 on threes. And the combination of Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, the kid out of Villanova, who I love, by the way. I love that kid, by the way, Absolutely. Frankie. And, and he was good and he was good in summer league. And Contavious Caldwell Pope, they went two for sixteen on three. So I don't think that they're done. I, I think they're you know, whether or not it's gonna be Kyle Corver, you know, J.R. Smith is in limbo right now with Cleveland, or another shooter out there. Maybe they'll, they'll try to do something with Bradley Beal with the Wizards, even though everyone says that the Wizards don't want to trade him. When the season started a lot of people felt the Lakers needed more shooting, and I think you're starting to see it right now. LeBron mentioned after the game, we're not winning a game where we go 5-35 to 35 shooting threes. And the league now is such a three-point shooting league. And, and you know this, Mike. Once the playoffs start, all these young guys on the Lakers, they've never in their lives been in a big pressure game in the NBA. So this is like the first time through it. And every game that they play, it's kind of like the Duke this year with those three freshmen that they have. Every every game is an event. Every game is magnified. It's not like being on the team last year was, ah, you're young, don't worry about it. you got LeBron. LeBron's looking to win now. That's why I think Magic Johnson, Rob Palinka are going to do something. They're going to go out and try to get another shooter for this team. Frankie, is LeBron making nice with, with, with the ball kid because he's being a great teammate, or do you actually believe that he sees a player in there? I'm, I'm convinced that they took LeVar Ball, and he's being held hostage in Magic Johnson. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that, Frank. I was thinking about that the other day. Where the hell is he? It's, it's, it's amazing. You haven't heard one thing from the guy. He was all over the place for two years, and now you don't hear a peep out of him. And I think what they're trying to do with Lonzo Ball, I think if there were going to be a trade, I would think that he would be included in the trade. So I think that's why LeBron um, you know, really hasn't lashed out at Lonzo Ball, and hasn't really been that critical of his teammates. I think LeBron understands how young they are, and I also think that he, you know, looking at a guy like Lonzo Ball, being a young player with all this attention around him, LeBron remembers what it was like for him, and he's also looking at his sons kind of coming up through the ranks. So I, I think he's always had a little sympathy towards Lonzo Ball. He's been this guy that's had all this scrutiny, and a lot of people have been critical of the guy, and a lot of it had to do with that his father just wouldn't stop talking. So, I think he's been okay with him. I just wonder if a year from now, if Lonzo Ball is going to be on the Lakers. We're talking to my pal, Frankie Isola, and if you know his work, you know there is just nobody better on the NBA, and, and we were behind enemy lines for a long time at Madison Square Garden. Frankie, were you surprised about what – and I love Pop, and you love Pop, and we all love Pop, okay? We love his his, his coaching. We love his passion about politics. We, we, his heart is always in the right place. Were you surprised that he went after Kawhi that way? I really was. That was very unlike something that Greg Popovich would do. And maybe at that time it just all kind of came to a head because cause he's looking at the team that he has now and they're struggling just to be 500. And when the question got asked about leadership – you know, he took that little shot at Kawhi Leonard. And come on, Mike, we were, you know, we watched Patrick Ewing for years in New York. Patrick Ewing was never going to be a vocal leader. He just went out there 
worked hard every day, played hard, played Play, hurt, put ice packs, really, Put ice packs on his knee every night and acted like somebody else had placed him there because he never talked about it. That's right. You're 100% right. And Kawhi Leonard was that guy up until last season, and he's been that guy now that he's been with Toronto. So I think that part of it probably frustrates Greg Popovich when he's thinking, man, we had a guy who was good enough to be a finals MVP. Right now he looks like the best player in the Eastern Conference. Toronto looks like a legitimate team that could definitely get to the finals. And I'm sure that's probably some bitterness now with the way that that whole thing played out. To me, I can't condone anything that Kawhi Leonard did, but I'm also not naive enough to sit here and say that the guy's not a brilliant player. And he was great before last season. Last season was terrible. The nine games, all the nonsense, you know, with him, he and his uncle and spending time in New York, not being with the team during the playoffs. But in Toronto, he's been the model player, the model citizen, and you see now how great he is. And that's why I think maybe that's why uh, Greg Popovich lashed out a little bit. Frankie, I was talking about this with uh, our friend Bob Ryan the other day, and who's in the Hall of Fame where you're going to end up someday. And, and do you think we will ever know the whole story of what went on last year with Kawhi, the Spurs, and Pop? Yeah, it, it, the whole thing is strange because you know, he has that injury. And you, know, you had Mano Ginobili came out and said something. Tony Parker came out. It said something. And then it came down to this, you know, not trusting the medical staff of the San Antonio Spurs, which seems a little odd because if you look at the history of the Spurs, they've been an organization that's had older players that hold up and perform. I had heard that Tim Duncan, who shows up at that practice facility every day because he doesn't basically know what to do with himself during the day, and he would be with Kawhi Leonard all the time. And it was frustrating Tim Duncan that he didn't feel that it was his place since he doesn't work for the team anymore to kind of address it with Kawhi. But Kawhi, but Mike, there's no other way of, look, of saying it. He's just a bit of an aloof guy. Yeah. And that's why I think that we've been to Toronto. It's a great sports town. The organization is first class. They got, uh, they got a genius running the team. Masai uh, is a genius. Uh, absolutely. And so he has every reason to stay there. But he's already left a great organization. He's already left an organization where he was a finals MVP. So if you're going to tell me what he's going to do over the summer, I don't know. I just, to me, no one could figure out Kawhi Leonard. He's just a different kind of guy. Mike, he picked up his first ever technical foul this season. First ever. Oh, he's a great player. His, you know, we talk about skill sets. He, he has an extraordinary skill set. Frankie, they're the best team in the league. I mean, it's, they, you know, they fired Dwayne Casey and Masai took some crap for that. And, and they, they make the trade. And, and by the way, it looks like genius so far, even if they're just renting the guy. Hey, two, and, and I agree. I, I think you had to make that trade because two major things happened in the Eastern Conference. You acquired Kawhi Leonard for DeMar DeRozan, who's a great, great player, great teammate, the whole thing. But he's a better player, Kawhi Leonard. So you picked up the best player in the Eastern Conference, and LeBron James left. That was the guy that nobody in the East could beat, and you could never beat him. So Toronto, think about that trade. For DeMar DeRozan and LeBron James leaving, you got Kawhi Leonard. That's a home run trade. And, you, you know, they've been around now for more than, I think it's 22 years, the Raptors have been in existence, they made it to a conference finals. This is a, this is a year that they can, you know, you know, go over the hump and finally get there because in a in a nip and tuck playoff series, and we all love Giannis and Ted Kumpo, but there's still he has some growth to make. We know that Kawhi can do it. We know that Kyrie Irving 
couldn't do it. We've seen him do it in the finals. But there's a lot of these players like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Giannis where they really haven't done it yet in the playoffs. And that's why I really like what, um, what Masai did by getting a guy like Kawhi Leonard. And even if he loses him, Frankie, if, if he can get to the NBA Finals finally, his fans would make that trade. They would make that deal because I think it would be so important to their fan base just to get to play, play the big game at the end. Yeah, come on. And now, you know, on the Thursday night, it's Golden State, Toronto. So it's, you know, the two teams with the most wins in the NBA. It's basically, as Clay Thompson said, it's a finals preview. As we're sitting here today, you can't tell me all things being equal, that you wouldn't be shocked if you get Golden State and Toronto in the NBA Finals. Both teams are that good. Kawhi just, it's just different. You know, the guy's just a dominant player at both ends of the court, and you know that in, in big pressure situations, this guy beat LeBron James in the NBA Finals. Toronto could never beat LeBron, in, even in a game. That, right. that's, that's the difference that Kawhi brings to this team. All right, let's go back to the West. I promise we're going to get to the Celtics and the Sixers, and, and but let's go back to the West and, and talk about the Houston Rockets. Frankie, if they were a win-now team last year, then the, they were even win-even-nower this year. And, <laughs> and, and they go for Carmelo, and that doesn't work. And, the, the, you know, there's something going on there. Yeah, and, and the thing with Carmelo, which I don't understand, Carmelo came in, they were going to bring him in, off the bench. Then he had the game against Brooklyn, where I think it was 28 points, and the next night they played in Chicago, he played well, and they won that game. From everything that I had heard, Carmelo was okay with being on the bench and maybe not getting consistent minutes every night. Now, their bench right now isn't very good. I think the biggest issue with the Houston Rockets, and defense has something to do with it, but they were off the charts offensively last season. They haven't been that this year, but you could make the case. Early on in the season, yeah, Chris Paul gets suspended. Then James Harden was hurt. Now you have Chris Paul hurt. So the two guys that they're kind of counting on haven't really been together that much this season. I think that's what's hurt them. And you know that Daryl Morey made a big play to try to get Jimmy Butler. Because I think he looked at his team and said, you know what, we might not be good enough. Let me try to go get Jimmy Butler. And I'll really have a big three of Chris Paul, Harden, and Butler. But, Mike, you go, go look at Chris Paul's contract in a couple of years from now. This is a guy, once again, has a hamstring injury. The same, you know, different leg, but a hamstring injury is what kept him out of game six and game seven against Golden State last year. In a couple of years, he's going to be making about $45 million. I think right now the Clippers, Steve Ballmer, Doc Rivers, I think they're looking at themselves saying, you know what, we might have made the right move here. Frank, we're talking to my pal Frank Isola on the Mike Lubigan podcast. Frank, I, I, I know Chris Paul is a good guy. I know he's a wonderful basketball player, but we used to, we used to have guys that we put up, put on our send up a flare list, okay? Send up a flare when they finally win it all. He's on the send up a flare list. You're right. You're right. And, and here's the thing. And what about Harden, be, well, Frankie? Chris, Chris, Frankie, can you build a championship team around James Harden? You know what? You almost did last year. That's a, that, that to me, maybe Chris hadn't gotten be, hurt. Maybe that's going to be the moment for them because they had double digit leads in both game six and game seven against Golden State. And if you go back to that game six, go look at the performance that Clay Thompson had. When Steph Curry couldn't do anything, Kevin Durant couldn't do anything, Clay Thompson had one of those Clay Thompson games. He had, he had it in game six a few years back against Oklahoma City, and he had it that day at home. He saved their season. Then they go to Houston, and Chris Paul isn't available again, and then Houston can't make a three-point shot. And to me, their whole, 
Chris Paul's whole legacy right now, be you know, all-star and everything like that, the two biggest games of his career, he wasn't available to play in. He was right. injured. And, that, and Frankie, that, he might speak- not ever get close to a championship. And Frankie, speaking of great teammates, is there? A, and I love LeBron as a teammate. He, he's the best player and the best teammate. But if you're making a list of the best teammates, how great a teammate is Clay Thompson? He knows nah. how good he is. He knows how good he is, and he has accepted a role as a complimentary player. Yeah, and and here's the thing: he's already been a champion. He's on, you know, the fast track to being in the Hall of Fame. He's going to go down as one of the best shooters in the league. He's made a lot of money. He's got a great uh, lifestyle. He's a terrific person. Isn't it great that he's not one of these guys that has an entourage with him where they're all whispering in his ear, you need to be the man. You need to go somewhere you, where you can be the man. Maybe it's his he's dad. Looking, Maybe it's being the son of a player, Frank. It might be. Bingo. Bingo. And, and his backcourt mate is the son of an NBA player. And I'm sure that Michael Thompson and Del Curry told their son, you guys are part of something right now, which you're going to be talking about. 20, 30, 40 years ago. How come when we talk about the Lakers of Magic, Worthy, and Kareem, we were, whose team was it? And who was the face of the team? Who cares about all that? Right. It's just a legendary team. And I think the fact that Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are mature enough to say, you know what, let's just ride this wave. That's why I can't believe that Kevin Durant would leave. You went there to win. You got, not only did you win two championships, you were the finals MVP. You might as well ride it out. And maybe you win four or five in a row. How incredible would that be? By the way, getting back to Durant, you raised an interesting possibility, and one I hadn't considered. Um, you know, everybody thought that when Jerry West even had a role with the Clippers, that that you know that that might help them with LeBron James. Okay, but maybe maybe the guy they get and the difference maker turns out to be Durant and not yeah. the guy, and, and and they'll end up playing in the same arena. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine that? And you know what? They're pulling out all the stops. When Golden State came to uh, L.A. to play the Clippers, of course, that everyone's going to remember for Durant and uh, Draymond Green getting into it. They had Bill Russell sit. They invited Bill Russell to the game, and they had him sit next to Steve Ballmer. So the, the Clippers are all in recruiting. Legally, or obviously, they're allowed to do that. But don't kid yourself. Number Well, number one and 1A, however you want to put it, Durant and Kawhi Leonard. That's their big-time dream, and they, and they think they have a chance to pull it off. By the way, before we leave the Clippers, Frankie, is Mike Woodson ever going to get another head coaching job? Maybe if the Clippers are really good, the, the, the sport is going to take a look at the one man who produced the one shining season for the Knicks. <laughs> Frank, in the last two decades. It's amazing, I know. 54 I know. and 28 JR is the sixth man of the year. LeBron finishes third in the MVP, and this guy barely can get a phone call these days. It is, it is, it is unbelievable. And I'll bet you Mike Woodson did an unbelievable job that year. I'll bet you the one game that he still thinks about is game five against Boston. Well, they blew the big lead, Frank. I was there. They, it, if they win that game, if, if they win that game right there, they close it out, and then they have about three days to prepare for Indiana. They lose that game five. Now they got to go up to Boston on a Friday night. Yep. They win that game in Boston on a Friday, and they play Sunday afternoon at Madison Square Garden. So it was like a 36-hour turnaround for a team that had a few older guys on it, and they lost that game one against Indiana, and they never recovered from that. That game, remember, Mike, that's when the players all wore black to the game because they were – 
you know, they were going to a funeral, so to speak. They were going to end the great Boston Celtics run. And those Celtic guys, all those old players, you know, they said, no, 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 we're not done yet. And the Celtics, Kevin Garnett, Pierce, those guys winning that game ended up affecting the Knicks in the next round. And, Frank, we will always remember the block by Hibbard on Carmelo on the baseline when yep. the Knicks were trying to win, to push the thing back to Madison Square Garden for Game 7. And, Frankie, here's the thing. They had played the Heat tough that year. That If they, they could have gotten to the Final Four, that might have been a fun series. They beat them three times. And that Knicks team, with Jason Kidd in the locker room kind of running things, they were confident. And you had Carmelo Anthony playing at a ridiculous level. They really thought that they could beat Miami in the playoffs. And I tell you what, I'm not so sure that Miami wanted to play the next. And you mentioned the, the Hibbert block. Huh. It's almost like we haven't heard from Hibbert or Carmelo Anthony <laughs> since, since so they met good. at the rim. And I'm pretty sure that the Knicks were up five, and it was like two and change to go. That would have made it a seven-point game. Hibbert gets the block. They come down the other end, and that's when – uh, you know, Lance Stevenson started going up. Remember, Lance had a big, like, final two minutes yep. to, cl- to close out the Knicks. That was a brutal, brutal moment. That, that to me, is six out. That's probably the play for the Knicks in the last, like, five, six, seven years. That's, like, the one play that changed everything. We're talking with the great Frank Isola on the Mike Lubica podcast. More with Mr. Isola in a minute. But first, a word from Geico. There's a quick way you could save money. Just switch to Geico. All it takes is 15 minutes to find out if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. And Geico offers coverage for more than just car insurance. Got a motorcycle? Geico's got you covered. Got an RV? Covered. Got a boat? Covered. How about a homeowner's or renter's insurance? You bet Geico's got you covered. Go to Geico.com today and see how much you could save that's Geico.com. Talking to my man, Frank Isola. And again, he's with The Athletic now. You see him on Around the Horn. He does a great, great NBA show on Sirius every morning. Frankie, this is all we're going to spend on this. But man, oh, man, do a one-minute commercial on Steve Clifford, basketball coach. <laughs> Steve Clifford, who uh, is maybe one of the better guys you're going to meet in the NBA. Now, think about this. Steve Clifford of the Orlando Magic, who's got his guys playing Really hard, and they've had some very good wins to start the season. I'm watching their game against Golden State the other night, and in the fourth quarter of that game, it's Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson playing two men basketball, and at the other end of the court, it's DJ Augustine and Nikolai Vucevic, who's played very well and could be an all star. But Steve Clifford has his team hovering around 500. His starting backcourt is DJ Augustine and Evan Fournier. Where are they ranking in backcourts? Now, they're playing better than John Wall and Bradley Beal, I'll tell you that. But Steve has done a very good job. Has that team believing Aaron Gordon has played well? And the kid Jonathan Isaacs from Florida State, he actually grew a little bit, and he's become a very good defensive player. Orlando has had some quality wins. And I'll tell you what, I think this is going to be the year where they're finally going to hang around long enough where maybe they can crack the top eight in the Eastern Conference. Frankie, all right, let's, let's you know, we've kind of, in the Eastern Conference, we are not going to bury the lead. What do you think is going on with the Boston Celtics? You know, when you look at a team that was playing a certain way last season, and then you bring in a guy like Gordon Hayward who missed an entire year, and then Kyrie Irving hadn't played since last March, you know, their their problems seem to be more on the offensive end. I think eventually they're going to figure it out. I wonder if Jalen Brown, how happy he is. He doesn't seem to be too thrilled. 
and he was very close with Isaiah Thomas, and Isaiah Thomas got traded. So I went, and Jalen Brown has heard his name kind of come up in trade talks, and now he's not in the starting lineup. So I think there's something going on there, maybe with uh, Jalen Brown, who's a very good player. But that's the one thing about Danny Ainge, who's made some great trades. But I also think in some ways you you have kind of created this environment where the players are thinking, you know what, I'm not going to get paid by this team. They're eventually going to trade me. Now, that didn't happen with Marcus Smart. It did happen with Isaiah Thomas. They eventually traded Jay Crowder as well. So maybe there's a little bit of that. But I still think they're going to figure it out. I think over the second half of the season, I still think the cream will rise to the top. I mean, Kyrie Irving is too good. Jason Tatum had a great year. Al Horford is a, is a quality player. It's, it'll still they'll figure it out at some point. We're talking to Frank Isola on the Mike Lubigan podcast. Frank, um, I, I almost think that Hayward is is one of those guys that we can't properly evaluate him until he's almost played an, another year after that injury. I, I just don't think. I still think he's he's tentative. I still think he's fine. You know, you see flashes from him, but it, it may take him a year to come all the way back from that injury. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. And I think early on, you could tell that he wasn't confident when he would land. Whenever he would jump, instead of just like landing on both feet, he was falling, like to kind of brace his fall. Right. He was constantly like landing on his backside. I think that had a little bit to do with him not having the confidence. I do remember when Paul George had that devastating leg injury. And Paul George ended up coming back at the end of that first season. And he looked terrible. And I remember thinking, man, who knows if he's ever going to get back to that level. I think him coming back and then having the offseason helped him. And now, I mean, right now, Paul George, you're talking about having underrated great year. He's been incredible for Oklahoma City. So I do agree with you about Gordon Hayward. It might take a while. He doesn't have separation when he tries to drive past guys. His shot hasn't been there yet. I still think it's a confidence thing. And it's too early. At the very least, let's give him half the season. Let's give him 41 games. All right. Talk about the Sixers. Talk about, you know, once they figure it all out, um, how big an addition Butler is going to be. And, and Frankie, what did they see in Markel Fultz that somebody else didn't see? Because remember, Danny Ainge, who is one of the great talent evaluators of the last two generations in the NBA, wanted no part of the kid. He was always going to take Tatum. And, and not only did he get Tatum, he got draft choices. No, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, Danny, that was a heist, just like you got the heist from the Brooklyn Nets. When the season started, I didn't like Philadelphia. Philadelphia over the summer, they lost two good role players, Ersan Ilyasova and Marco Bellinelli, who they're not superstars, but when you put them out on the court, they can shoot three. So they spread the floor, and they make Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid better. So they're starting that court now. It's going to be Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. One guy, Simmons, won't shoot threes. The other guy, Markel Fultz, can't make threes. How are you going to have a starting backcourt in today's NBA where guys can't make or even take three-point shots? And I, when the over-unders came out, Philadelphia was at 54. Now, I don't gamble, but I said, man, I would love to put a big bet on Philadelphia. I was like, they're not getting 54 wins. Now, since they made that trade, they have Jimmy Butler in the starting lineup, and Brett Brown did the right thing. They promoted J.J. Redick to the starting lineup. So now you have two guys that are perimeter threats. And I think they're still going to go out and get somebody. Maybe they'll go out and end up getting Kyle Korver. I like them a lot now. I just think they're a much better team with Jimmy Butler. Oh, uh, Frankie, you know, 100, Frankie, 100% because guess what? When it was all on the line last year against the Celtics, Redick was the only guy they could throw it to from the outside. And if he missed, they lost. No, you absolutely. And Markel Fultz, I, I feel badly for him. When you're the number one overall pick, and there's clearly 
something going on there. And when, you know, when the injury to um, Karis LeBert happened and people were saying, don't, you know, whatever you do, don't watch the video. I remember telling people, don't watch the video of Martel Phillips shooting a free throw. That is even <laughs> scarier. The one where he touched his forehead, I don't know what he was doing. I, and there was a story that came out that said, you know, he's, you know, he's not part of their future plans. Well, he's not part of their present plans. He's just not, he might not be good enough to play in the NBA. It's, it, it sounds almost crazy. The guy was a number one overall pick, but guess what? Cleveland missed on Anthony Bennett, didn't they? It happens every once in a while. What do you, you like Embiid, Frank? Uh, I, I, I like him a lot. He's a character, and what a, what a player he is. But it, well, you, it, you, you don't like him? No, no, no. I love him. I wish he would chirp just just a little less. You know, it's. Oh, I, I, I do agree with you, and I do think there are times when. The first year that he played, every time that he opened his mouth, you're laughing because you, you realize he's got a lot of Shaquille O'Neal in him. Right. But there's right. reach a point where, okay, now you have to accomplish something. And if you go back to their playoff series against Boston last year, what concerned me about him, man, he looks like he gets tired a lot. And then I heard that he doesn't always practice. And you know what? If you're not practicing, keeping your conditioning going, late in the fourth quarter of games, if they can't rely on you, you know, that's what separates kind of like really good players from the superstars. We know that you can count on Michael Jordan, LeBron James in the fourth quarter. Joel Embiid in a playoff game, he's yet to really prove. Now, we did it a little bit in the first round against Miami, but he needs to prove that he can be the guy on both ends of the court in the fourth quarter. Frankie, I think the Eastern Conference, because of the Celtics' struggles, is really fun all of a sudden. You know, I, I, it's top-heavy. I know it's top-heavy. There's not the the depth, obviously, that we have in the Western Conference. But I think Toronto, Philadelphia, the struggles of the Celtics, that those are all good stories. And, you know, I, absolutely. And, and the one that you left out, and I know you're going to agree with me on this one, how about the Milwaukee Bucks? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Free- oh, oh, yeah, of course. Yes. The, the best free agent signing of the offseason was LeBron James. You can make the case that number two is Mike Budenholzer, who's a terrific coach. They shoot a ton of threes. He comes from that Spurs system. Look at the job that he did in Atlanta. He, he's an outstanding coach, and that's just a that, that's a great team, and it's become a very good organization. And they right now... I look at Indiana, which has done really well without Victor Oladipo. Somehow they keep winning games. Maybe Dylan is doing a really Yeah, I looked good at job. them today. They're what thirteen and eight. I mean, they're they're hanging in there. Yeah, with that and Oladipo, I think has missed like the last five or six games. But Indiana is tough. But the teams that I could see in the finals, I could see Philadelphia, Boston, Toronto, or Milwaukee. I think all four of those teams you can make a legitimate case. And the rest of the East, it's still you know there's some teams that have been disappointing, like our. Uh, our Miami Heat. How about them? They have the, one of the highest payrolls in the NBA, and they can't even get. They've already lost to Atlanta twice this season. And he can't get into play. Pat can't get into play for big free agents. You know, it's just it's 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 odd because once about twenty minutes ago, in a blink, it was a destination point. That's right. It it, it really doesn't make any sense. And you know, some of those contracts where they committed uh, players to, including Hassan Whiteside and Tyler Johnson, those deals really aren't paying off. And I think they kind of knew that when they went out over the summer and they, you know, they wanted Dwayne Wade to come back because now really this season is more about the Dwayne Wade farewell tour, tour than as opposed to being contender in the Eastern Conference. Uh, talking to my pal Frank, I saw again, there's nobody, nobody right now better on the NBA. Frankie, uh, c- can you remember a season? I'll go back to where we started that has had more pre December 1st drama than this one, almost across the board. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with 
we, we know the knock on the NBA the last few years. We all know it's going to be Cleveland and it's going to be Golden State. That's not the case anymore. Nope. And I think, I think some people have seen how vulnerable Golden State can be. And obviously LeBron not being in the East, it's opened it up and it's making the regular season a lot more interesting. And I'm just blown away. When I look at the standings, okay, you got Utah who are going into the season. You know, you keep saying how much I know. I thought they might be the best team, in the, the second best team in the world. With one of the best coaches, too. One of the best yeah, coaches. And they, they, they still have, they can't figure it out yet. They were a playoff team last year. Houston under 500. San Antonio and Minnesota. Four playoff teams from last year in the West are all below eighth place right now. And New Orleans is, is just about there as well. That's five teams right now that are out. And then you look at these teams like Sacramento, like the Lakers, the Memphis Grizzlies, and of course the Denver Nuggets with Michael Malone, another former Knicks assistant coach who has done a really good job with the Nuggets. Frank, I, always, I just love that Michael Malone's doing well because, you know, we are in agreement that is a proud NBA name, Malone. Absolutely. And absolutely. His dad... His dad is one of the best people we have ever known in the National Basketball Association. Frankie, let's go back to a guy that we kind of passed. We did a, a drive-by a, a little while ago. How about Paul George? How about the Oklahoma City Thunder? Because people were ready to pull the plug on them before we played a month in this season. Yeah, and especially the way that their year ended with, you know, losing and not playing well against the Utah Jazz. And then you had Paul George, well, he's going to probably leave. And then you had the whole thing hanging over. Carmelo Anthony, would he be back with the team? You know, Russell Westbrook had been hurt. I think they lost their first. It was either three or four games. And ever since then, they've really taken off. i got to give Sam Presti a lot of credit. Billy Donovan, another former Nick player for a minute, I should say. <laughs> but uh, I, to me, it's about it's really about Paul George. He's, got, he's now averaging, I believe it's right around 24 points a game, which is a career high for him. He, he's having a better year this year than he's had the last three or four years. Paul George has gone back to establishing himself as a superstar, and Magic Johnson, Rob Polinka, and LeBron James, they must be kicking themselves because everyone thought he was, you know, he was set on going to the Lakers. It was going to be a package deal, LeBron and Paul George, and guess what? The Lakers could use Paul George, and I don't know where Oklahoma City would be without him because Westbrook had missed a bunch of games at the start of the season. I got a few more minutes with my pal Frankie. I saw Frank. If 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 you polled people who consider themselves good basketball fans but not wonks, and they're not in the world the way uh, you are, Frankie, don't you think you could stump some people if you ask them to name the coach of the team that has the best record in the league right now? Yeah, you're absolutely. Did right. you know about Nick Nurse? Did you did, was he well known within the community? Not, not really. And he'd been a guy that had, had coached in, uh, you know, I believe it was a small college and maybe even in the G League. But Masai Ujiri had a vision. And Masai, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're in charge like that and you're, you're running this, uh, a team like Toronto that could never seem to get over the hump, you've got to make some tough calls. And Dwayne Casey is a gentleman. I like Dwayne Casey a lot. And I don't necessarily agree with getting rid of Dwayne because, remember, like I said, they added Kawhi and, they, and LeBron left. But I still think they could have done well with Dwayne. But I think Masai is in a position where you have to make tough calls. And he made a tough call on the coach, and that seems to be the right move. Because look what he's done with the bench. Nick Nurse has Valentinus uh, coming off the bench, along with, you know, the kid uh, Van Fleet. The other night, when they had the comeback win against Memphis, their bench scored 41 points. So Nick Nurse has made some good coaching moves. They, they have a winning record when Kawhi doesn't play. So they've been managing Kawhi's minutes and the games that he's going to play, and that's worked out. And I think a lot of that credit does have to go to Masai, because Masai is win now, and that's the right way to do it. And he took a lot of heat. You know, if you go back 
over the summer. They made that trade. And Masai Ujiri, who's from Africa, was in Africa with uh, President Obama. He flies back to do the press conference. It was one of these things where, you know, he was probably tired. He was hot. He's up at that podium, and he's sweating like crazy. And he's got all the heat in the world on him. And now when you think about, you know, the moves that he's made, they're all paying off. And I think Masai deserves a lot of credit for having the guts and the gumption to pull off those moves. He is such a wonderful, elegant presence in this sport, and he has been for a long time. And people ought to remember, he's the one who fleeced the Knicks on Carmelo Anthony back when yeah. he was back and, then, the, and then he fleeced him another time with Andrea Bargnani for a first-round pick. All right, Frankie, if I saw and Lupica are talking about the NBA, we eventually have to make our way. Frank, I'm sorry that I have to do this to you, Frankie. We have to make our way back to the Mecca, even though you know that I've written this and said this for years. The Mecca of what? Exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. and so, all right, what is their latest? Give me the Knicks fantasy right now. Um, Durant and then what? They lose enough games to get into play with Zion? Yeah, that's, that, that, that's definitely it. They're definitely all in on Kevin Durant, and that's what they're building around. And I, I thought David Fisdale... I thought the mistake that he made early on was when he started those three rookies, uh, Knox, Trier, and um, Mitchell Robinson. To me, they hadn't earned it yet. And when you're bringing Ennis Cantor off the bench, like Cantor is, and Tim Hardaway, those are the two established kind of NBA players you have. You had to be starting them. And he's gone back to doing that. To me, what I'd be concerned about, uh, if I'm a Knicks fan and if I'm the Knicks, your two most recent lottery picks, Frank Nilakina and Kevin Knox, have not done that well over the first 20 games. Right. So you have, you know, now Knox, we're not going to close the book on him and say that he's not a good player, but he was the star of the summer league, and he struggled. And he struggled with his shot. You know, everything that he does is like a step slow. Like, he doesn't think the game that quickly. And Milikina has a chance to be a good player. I just don't think he's going to be an all-star. And I think when you're drafting in the lottery, especially if you're a team like the Knicks, you're hoping you're going to draft an all-star. So that, to me, would be the biggest disappointment thus far has been the play of Knox and the play of Frank Nelikina. You know, Frankie, it's interesting because there used to be this notion that all players wanted to go to the big cities. Well, they, they still do, but it's only one big city, and it's on the West Coast, yeah. where you sometimes get the feeling that, I said the other day to Ryan, I said, don't you get the idea that you're going to start hearing that even dead players want to go play for the Lakers? Right. <laughs> You know, and, like and Wilt's thinking I, of one more comeback with the Lakers, you know? And like you said, though, and I do think if the Clippers could land either Kawhi or Kevin Durant, that's going to kind of change the way everyone looks at the Clippers. Like, they used to be uh, the laughing stock of the NBA. I, I, don't, I don't think they looked at that that way anymore. By the way, before we finish today, and by the way, Frankie's down uh, for a wedding, and it was so nice of him to take the time to do this for me today. Frankie... We lost as great a Nick fan as there has ever been. There's going to be a memorial service in New York City on uh, uh, Saturday, one of which I, I'm honored to get to speak. Bill Goldman passed away, and the, the the reaction has been so wonderful. But, you know, Billy would be so happy, and you know this as well as anybody, Frank, to be remembered as the greatest Nick fan as he is for Princess Bride and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and all the president's men. Yeah, so follow the money. And I got a chance... Uh... And, you know, once again, you know, my condolences to your good friend, because I know that you and Bill were very close. And oh, yeah. I love talking basketball with him. I had a chance that day on Around the Horn at the end of the show, they gave me 20 seconds to say something. I made sure that I mentioned Bill about, you know, this, you know, giant in the 
you know, the film industry, but, you know, he had this love for the Knicks, and he was always at every game. You know, it's funny, because we knew where he sat, and every Nick game that I went to, and it was subconsciously, I would always look to say, there's Bill Goldman, and he did every game. I mean, he would go to the games where, I don't want to knock any teams, but let's say it's a Wednesday night in January, and they're <laughs> playing, you know, the Charlotte Hornets. There's Bill Goldman. He, it wasn't just the... The, the big names and the big teams, he was going to every game. He just ate the whole thing up. And it's, it's really sad. What, what, a, what a life and what a career he had. Yeah, and Frankie, you know, Tim Malloy, the great um, usher at, at the Garden, put a jersey that said New York forever and flowers on his seat um, the, the, the first time the Knicks played there after die. Hey, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Again, if you're not reading Frank Isol in The Athletic, then you're not trying to get the best take on the NBA. You, obviously, you see him just beat all those other guys on Around the Horn and uh, and listen to his radio show on, on Sirius XM. What are the hours again? 7 to 10 every morning with uh, Mr. Boston Celtic himself, Brian Scalabrini. Hey, man, it's it's always great to catch up with you. Thank you so much yeah, for doing this, Frankie. That's what we have to do. We have to get together, and we'll have lunch. And, of course, you're going to pay, but we'll go out and we'll have lunch. How about that? <laughs> so, so some things never change. <laughs> you're the best, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing this. Frank Osola on the Mike Lubica podcast. Um, we're going to have to, you know, Tyler Brewer, who is a huge basketball fan of my producer, we're going to have to get him on at least every couple of months as we start doing more of these after the, the new year. And a great uh, he's he's as good as there is this. These conversations are so much fun. I you, you could tell today that as soon as he'd bring something up, it would take our conversation off in a different uh, direction. And that's the fun of doing this podcast. Continue to sub- subscribe. Continue to download, leave comments if you want to. We read them, we listen to you, and we'll talk to you next week, everybody. The Mike Lupica Podcast is produced and distributed by Compass Media Networks in conjunction with Hiltzik Creative. For iPhone users, go to the podcast app and search the Mike Lupica Podcast. Click on the Mike Lupica Podcast icon and subscribe. For non-iPhone users, you can listen on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast platform. 